0: six of effectively wild the daily podcast from baseball prospectus presented by the baseballreference.com play index i am ben Lindbergh, joined as always by sam miller hello
1: yeah hi ben so how many i just i saw the i saw the link i saw the tease, but i didn't click on it how many home runs is albert Pujols gonna hit
0: <laughs> i don't think i speculated about that at all in that article <laughs> <laughs> it was very clearly promised. It was. Sometimes when you write articles that are republished on other sites or appear on other sites, the I find that the headlines or the Twitter teases are not always an accurate reflection of the content of the article. I have found that to be the case. Uh,
1: so uh, So the, the, the tweet that I saw says, So how many homers will Albert Pujols hit? Ben Lindbergh does more than just guess uh <laughs> since you didn't do more you, you didn't even do that can I, I at least didn't ask Didn't even do guess? that
0: no yeah my my article which I wrote for BP a few days ago and was republished at Fox Sports uh was mostly about how I thought it was nice that Albert Pujols's 500th home run came under the current circumstances that he was leading the league in home runs when he when he got the 500th as opposed to just sort of limping to the finish line crawling across the finish line as it appeared that maybe would be the case um so that was sort of the point I didn't really <laughs> talk about uh, what would happen going forward so much except to say that uh, you know it seems like he still has still has some some home runs left in him I did not specify how many uh, but let's see so he has 500 he is 34. 70, 80,
1: 185, according to, uh, Pocota's long-term forecast.
0: huh oh, okay. So if he gets to, all right, so if he gets to 685.
1: Oh, sorry, that's, uh, that doesn't count this year.
0: Oh, okay. So,
1: uh, add a, you know, add another, you know, 25-ish.
0: Hmm. Uh, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's, that's right around Ruth.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Does that seem realistic to you?
1: um i don't know he, i mean he probably won't do exactly that i think that uh w- there's a range of about a hundred more or less than that that all seems re- reasonably realistic to me i'm still holding out hope that a rod's gonna <laughs> gonna get the record and, yeah. and andy colleague's gonna owe me that sweet 30 dollars
0: <laughs> um so there's some some sad Matt albers news i don't know if it's sad but it it's uh it's, it's discouraging matt halber's news just okay. got some sh- shoulder stiffness he's been unavailable for three consecutive games so that's that's worrisome right that's I don't, uh, is
1: he, it i mean it's probably better for him it's probably better for his in this particular case
0: oh because the esters are <laughs> such a
1: right such in a void. S- yeah in a sense this is a, the every day that he is with the astros there's great danger that he's going to accidentally be their best reliever and get a save <laughs> Yes. And so he's he's basically playing out the clock until he can get to another team where it's not so perilous.
0: <laughs> yes. Actually the MLB.com story that I was reading says that he has been the most consistent option in the yeah. Astros bullpen. So that is dangerous and it says that he has been in the Astros mix at closer this season. Oh. <laughs> in the mix. Yes. Yeah. he's, he's been say. in the conversation, yes. I guess you'd uh, say. So he he the injury isn't believed to be serious but he may hit the disabled list with it regardless. Um, there's also some uh, some Ryan Webb news or not really news, but but Buck showalter makes made some appreciative comments about Ryan Webb, which is also a little scary. Uh, uh, someone asked him if he's he's more of a situational guy or or whether he can do more. and showalter said he's capable of doing more.
1: Yeah, but uh, for, there's two things about that. One is that situa- situational guy generally means righties only and mm. um, or lefties only, depending on what hand you throw with. And so to some degree, that's just saying that he's capable of a full inning. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how he's been used. Uh, so that's one thing. And the other thing is that um, what's Showalter going to say?
0: <laughs> right, right. Gosh, I hope someone else cares about this story as much as we do.
1: Can I can I do a quick, uh, unanticipated, unexpected, unprepared uh, play index uh, yes. segment? Sure. Uh, so tonight, Mike Carp. Um, uh, Pitch. You know, it just it just occurred to me that uh, Mike Carp is uh, is is actually a decent pun for a Mike Harp, <laughs> like a harp with a mic on it. <laughs> like, did you mic the harp? Mm. Mike Harp. Uh he gets all the attention for the um the other horrible pun but it just occurred to me that he's also a <laughs> Mike Harp. Uh Mike Carp pitched today in a in a blowout mm-hmm. and he had one of the great pitching lines uh, that you'll
0: ever see. Did you see it? I don't I I saw some highlights of him giving up a lot of stuff but I didn't see what the final line was. What was it? Uh
1: one inning um Five walks and <laughs> and only one run allowed, huh?
0: Uh-huh. Which is
1: impressive, you know. Is <laughs> like,
0: that a, that's not a is that a unique pitching line?
1: Well, so here's the thing. It, it, it his line specifically is unique uh, because uh, he also allowed no hits and no he he got no strikeouts um, and nobody's ever put together a one zero one one five zero line before. However. There have been five lines in which there were at least five walks and no more than one run in no more than one inning. Uh, So if you just take out the hits and the strikeouts, which in this case are are merely window dressing, uh, it is the sixth time ever that somebody's done a 1x115x line, uh, which sounds sort of shocking because it's very hard to walk five guys in an inning and only allow one run. And so I looked at these five, and it turns out that, in fact, uh, Juan Acevedo did it in 2000, but he came into the sixth inning in the middle of an inning and then left in the seventh. So basically, if you come in, if you inherit half of an inning, and you walk two guys, and then you get out of it, and then you walk the bases low to the next inning, you know, there's really no reason that you have to give up any runs in in that situation. It's a a cheat, right? Mm -hmm. You see how it's a cheat? Mm Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so Juan Acevedo, I'm throwing him out because that was a, a multi-inning, a spread over two innings. Mitch Williams naturally did it. I've, uh, how could anybody but Mitch Williams do it if not Mitch Williams? Uh, but again, uh, it's a cheat. He did a 7-8 split and, um, and walked the first batter in the 7. So uh, then Ken Howell did it. Again, a cheat. And so now we're left with two guys who did it. And uh, one is Rusty Pence in 1921. Who, walk, who actually walked six and only allowed one run and then Dick crutcher in 1914 who uh, who walked five and allowed only one run and it, we don't have play by play for those games and so mm-hmm. it's actually kind of hard to discern what happened both of them entered the game fresh in a, in a clean inning okay so like in both cases they were relievers the one of them the starting pitcher had, had gone like uh, you know six innings, and then he came in in the seventh. The other was like five innings, and he came in in the sixth. However, by looking at the box score and looking at their, at how many batters they faced, which is one of the few things that is recorded in those early games, uh, it does seem uh, impossible to have had this line uh, in just one inning, um, given the number of batters they faced. And so it, what it seems that what happened is that each one came into a clean inning, walked a bunch of batters, only gave up one run, got out of the inning, and then came out the next inning, kept walking batters, and then got pulled in that sort of classic one-plus inning situation, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so they—it seems, as far as I can tell, it seems mathematically impossible that either of them did this without having their own cheat. So that is to say that Mike Carp is, so far as I can tell, the first p- pitcher ever. Have a one inning outing with five walks, one run, all contained in the same frame. Hmm.
0: Massive spoilers for your unique pitching lines post no, for tomorrow. He's
1: a, no, he's a—he's not a starter. I only look at uh, starts. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah.
0: You should start a separate series for reliever only. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there are very, very few. There just aren't that many. There aren't that many possibilities for a relief line, and so mm-hmm. uh, and there's also been many more relief lines at this point than there have been starting lines, and most of them are, you know, a third of an inning, two thirds of an inning, or an inning. And so I, I think that even though there are like four times as many relief lines uh, these days. Uh, or maybe three times as many relief lines as, as starting lines every day, I think that y- you might actually go a week without a unique one. It wouldn't surprise me. Maybe I'll, I'll look someday.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, impromptu play indexing is always always a good time. Um, so, Promo code BP. <laughs> that's correct. So uh, I don't know if you know this, but our our iTunes show description says, That we cover a mix of topics from the big picture to the pennant race every weekday morning And I don't know that we have really covered the pennant race, which is probably because it's April But we we've covered Matt Albers exhaustively So I figure we could give (laughs) one episode over to some pennant races. So I I did uh, what you did after I don't know a week or so where you just looked at changes from from the beginning of the season to now In terms of playoff odds percentage, chance Mm -hmm. of of making the playoffs via any means, wildcard division um, title. And took this from the baseball perspectives playoff odds page, which is updated every morning. So this is through Wednesday's games, not Thursday's games. But I'm going to tell you what the the biggest uh, increases and declines are in terms of change in playoff percentage from March 31st. And then we can talk a little bit about whether we believe in them. And, uh, yes?
1: Real quick, oh. uh, somebody uh, just mentioned uh, Mike Karp's FIP in a tweet to me, and, or, or asked about his FIP. <laughs> and uh, it's actually only about 18. He doomed himself by not allowing any home runs. Oh. Although I think if you if you think about it, five walks with no strikeouts per inning would almost certainly lead to more than 18 runs. Uh, per nine, and so I, I, I think that that's probably FIP is stretched at the extremes in that sense. But uh, just uh, just to be clear, not even close to the record uh, for a career. Uh, the record appears to be forty one point seven six by Tom Foley. Uh, and just looking for position players, I recognize Manny Alexander had a forty point six seven FIP uh, for his career. So Carp uh, is unique, but not uh, uniquely bad. All right, sorry, go ahead. Bobby Bonilla, worse, worse FIP. Did you know Bobby Bonilla pitch? No. At age 38.
0: Baseball references created a monster by adding FIP to its site. Um, yeah. All right, so there are 10 teams that have barely changed their playoff odds percentage. Uh, they're within within three percentage points in either direction. So the the uh, Dodgers, the Mets, the Reds, the Astros, the Marlins, the Blue Jays, the Orioles, the White Sox, the Royals, the Giants, and the Twins might as well not have shown up. They, are, they have all changed very, very little since opening day or the day before opening day. The biggest declines, should we talk about declines first or increases first?
1: Uh, let's talk about declines first.
0: Okay. So the biggest decline, would you care to guess what the biggest decline is? Uh,
1: well, proportionately, it would have to be the Diamondbacks, but the Diamondbacks mm. didn't start all that high, and so they might not have enough uh, room to drop all that much. So yes. I'm, I'm, still, I'm, I'm, I'm still considering them as a possibility, but I think I'm going to
0: say it's the uh, Seattle Mariners. Mariners are second. The biggest decline is actually the Rays, who mm. have uh, started out at 70.5% and are now, or were yesterday, at 47.9.
1: Wow, that's uh, that's impressive because you know they're only two and a half games out of first. They're in uh, that you know they're they're only one game under 500. Nobody's running away with the division. I guess it's mm. the fact that uh, everybody in the division is is kind of keeping pace with them, huh?
0: It's that, and it's probably also injuries, because this is uh, this is reflecting depth charts uh, changes yeah. and estimates of, of playing time for the rest of the season. So, they don't have any Matt Moore, and uh, I I mean I guess the uh which other injuries of theirs would have been have been, have happened since yeah right that probably would have been factored in already to uh-huh. at the beginning of the season, but um. So more, and I don't know what else has happened since the season started, but uh, so that's probably part of it. And they let's see they still do they still have the highest percentage in the division. Um,
1: no, the Yankees are two percentage points ahead of them. Uh
0: huh. So that's a pretty pretty wide open division. There are three teams in the at least right now with over between forty and fifty percent. Chances of making it and no team between below 17%. So that's well, we knew we knew the AL East would, would be an interesting race, but um, so yeah, I wish you could see depth charts changes since the start of the season. I don't think there's a way to do that, but or quickly, but uh, <laughs> I guess it's it's a product of Eric Bedard now having an 120 inning projection and uh that's that's probably a he probably sucks. a hit <laughs> yes he's <not. laughs> and he takes forever to suck also yeah. the Rays have a lot of slow pitchers I don't Do know they? whether yeah I think Price is very slow and Bedard is painfully slow and uh someone else is pretty close to the the top of that leaderboard and I think someone that they had and no longer had, I remember from, from the article I wrote about it. Um, although I wonder, I know there's an impact of, of catcher on pitcher pace, so I don't know whether that has anything to do with it. Um, so that was the that was the biggest decline. Um, I don't know what question to ask. Are you worried about the Rays? Are you still confident in the Rays? Are they still the favorite? Yeah.
1: Uh, I don't. Yeah, probably. I would say I still think that they're the favorite. Mm-hmm. I wonder. I, don't, if... I haven't radically reshaped my opinion about the Rays this season, and um, I mean the the I guess the the big worry for them is just that they um, are in a division where you know theoretically any of four teams could uh, either fluke. I don't know if fluke's the right word. So, I mean they're pretty good teams. They're all capable of of having you know their upper upper threshold performance and, uh, you know, in getting, you know, 97 wins and making it very hard to win that division with 91 or 90 or 89 or 88. So, um, I mean, it, that's always the A at least, though, right? It's it's more wide open than it's been for most of their history.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I wonder if there's another team that has as much riding on making the playoffs this season because they're, they're a team that kept saying before the season, Friedman said it I think Sternberg said it that they are spending more than they can afford and you never know whether teams are really telling the truth about that but but they they said they were over budget and were spending at sort of an unsustainable level for them and they decided to hold on to David Price because they must have felt that whatever offers they were getting back for him did not outweigh the benefit of of keeping him in what seemed like a, a season when they had a, a good chance to make the playoffs. So I wonder if they don't make it, whether there's a team that suffers as much, whether there's a team that had as much riding on making it this season.
1: It's hard to know because in in, in a sense, no team needs it less than they do because i mean (laughs) because
0: they're they're going to sell
1: right they're going to sell exactly as many seats next year (laughs) whether they make the playoffs or not so it really all comes down to the postseason um you know the extra postseason revenue Mm -hmm. and so yeah i don't know how much they're dependent on that to make to make payroll or (laughs) anything um i mean does does playing two home games in a uh, Five-game series before you go out and make a big difference. I I doubt that does
0: Yeah, and the games probably <laughs> won't even be sold out. So I don't know uh, The next next biggest decliner I already gave away is the Mariners. They started out at 34.5. They are now at 14.5 and uh, Standings wise they are Five and a half back at 8 and 13. Uh-huh. So Mariners,
1: yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. The, the Iwakuma and Walker mm-hmm. were both were both already shelved
0: and, and Paxton. Yeah. Um, although they were, all the the buzz about them seemed to be that they would be back quickly. And I guess with Walker, with Walker at least it's yeah. taking longer than it was supposed to.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think Iwakuma has been sort of right on track all along, but yeah, yeah with, with Walker, who knows? I don't know. If, I don't know how much that's changed in our projections. How many innings do we have him projected for?
0: Uh, let's see. And I don't know whether he would have been projected for such a good season that it would make all that much of a difference. Um, Walker is now projected for 95 innings. Uh
1: huh. Yeah. So I that's certainly lower, probably than he would have been at the beginning of the year. I
0: would uh, think let so. me ask. What's that? I would think so. Yes.
1: Yeah. So let me ask you this. Um, the there are very few teams where the uh, environment gets more credit for performance than in New York, partly because of the ballpark for left-handed hitters, uh, and where like le- right field in Yankee stadium is, as sort of captured popular imagination as like the closest thing to, to Coors field at mm-hmm. this point. Right. And then, um, Kevin Long, uh, as far as like, sort of, you know, the work he did with, with various hitters over the years. Um, and so do you think that there's anything to Cano doing poorly right now that is more troubling than any other good player doing poorly right now because of that? Mm. And also just, you know, the yeah, New York some the, the this idea that some players respond extremely well to it and some players respond extremely poorly to it.
0: Mm. No, <laughs> probably not. I I don't <laughs> know. Uh, I, I mean I think that's right. I just would yeah. like to he's know, he's, he's been with the Yankees his whole career, so you know, and going from New York to Seattle and from a small ballpark for him to a big ballpark is, is certainly a, a mental adjustment, I would think, if, if nothing else. So, so it, you know, it could reflect something other than just a, a random slow start, but I'm not, not particularly concerned about it.
1: Well, Ben, while you were talking, I've been quickly reading Bleacher Reports, how leaving <laughs> Yankee Stadium has destroyed Robinson Cano's power. And, uh, uh-huh.
0: and
1: I think there's there's multiple viewpoints out there, is all I'm saying.
0: <laughs> I wonder how many fly balls he has hit so far that would have been out in Yankee Stadium that were not out. Looking at his, his, depth, or his uh, spray chart at Brooks Baseball, uh, it looks like he just hasn't hit many balls that way at all. Yeah, Deep. yeah, yeah.
1: This Bleacher Report article both uh, blames it on leaving Yankee Stadium in the same sentence that it says that he's not hitting the ball well enough to give himself a chance at
0: long balls. Because so, he's so upset about leaving Yankee Stadium.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I no, I think that that's probably true. I mean, uh, who, if... If you had to write an article tomorrow, um, like you, if, if you just had to, like it was the the your boss decreed that you had to write an article, definitively stating that either Miguel Cabrera or Robinson, Robinson Cano is is toast, and uh, will never be the same player, and his team has got stuck with the worst contract in baseball history, and they should probably DFA him right now.
0: Who would you choose? <laughs>
1: who's 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 whose negative narrative is more convincing to you?
0: Cabreras I think
1: I like this line in Bleacher Report's piece Perspective aside Early season numbers don't lie Which is exactly what <laughs> early season numbers do this is the entire thing that they do It's the only reason they exist Is
0: to lie How many people have read that article? Uh,
1: uh, page views don't lie Ben <laughs> And
0: what do they say six, in this case?
1: 16.3 thousand
0: yeah. Internet all right. Um,
1: uh, the, this article is <laughs> only a couple hours old, too. <laughs>
0: oh. What it's worth. Uh, stop. Uh, third... One hour.
1: It's one hour old, Ben. <laughs> oh.
0: Man, there was really some demand for that that topic. Um, Padres are the third biggest decline from 30.4%, and I'm actually surprised that they were that high, to 12.8%. yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, they were one of those. Uh, you said they were surprised they were that high. They were one of those sort of Dakota sleeper teams that nobody mm-hmm. really thought had a chance, and Dakota had them with like higher playoff odds than you know, like the Rangers, I think,
0: uh-huh.
1: maybe at the beginning of the year, mm. and the Yankees at the beginning of the year. So
0: they're uh, they're eleven and two-and-a-half out. Yeah. Wow. she's not, not, and they
1: bad. and they just. They just won. Does that include the game that they just won?
0: Yes, I think so. This is MLB.com, okay. so I think it's real time.
1: Uh huh. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I don't know why that would be. I guess uh, well, they lose whatever 45 innings or whatever we <laughs> had Johnson. projected, Josh Johnson to have. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Mm. Um, I mean, you can certainly you look at the Padres' individual lines, and they're depressing almost almost across the board. There's a couple guys who are playing well, and they're people you don't really believe in at all. Mm-hmm. And then there are a lot of people who are doing very poorly, and you can't help but be worried, which is a logical inconsistency. And yet, it's it's often how we look at things. So uh, you look at Jed Jerko right now, and it's hard to be optimistic that he's going to be a middle of the order batter, uh, you know, hitter that that they needed. And you look at Chase Headley, and he seems completely lost, and like maybe he might never be good again, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. You can sort of look at the individual lines and see a team that's having a very disappointing season more than you can look at the record. And I don't know what their Pythag is. I don't know what their uh, like, what their what. Well, I guess I do. They're they're overperforming their Pythagorean record by
0: a game, maybe two or something. Uh,
1: Well, it was a game, but then they just won a one run game, so it might be Mm -hmm. two games by now. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you know, if they were nine and thirteen, or if they were, I guess. Nine and fourteen, instead of eleven and twelve. Right now, we look at them a lot differently, and it would make a lot more sense. So maybe pacota is okay. incorporating that.
0: Yeah, they're. I didn't really think that this team would hit. I think when we had Jeff Young on, I I asked him if if it would hit, and I I liked the rotation and and parts of the rotation have been quite good, but their their true average. And I I know that you sometimes wonder whether park factors are are you know whether we're not doing something quite right or they're not perfectly capturing something with the the Padres or the Mariners or the Giants or these teams with with notable pitchers parks or hitters parks um but right now their true average is is easily the worst in baseball by by 10 points uh they are last in the National League at 229 where 260 is league average so um not good
1: Six relievers pitched for them today. These are their six relievers ERAs. 0.77, 1.64, 2.08, 2.31, 0.93, and 1.00. Hmm. Three, half of those guys are one or lower. That's Not bad. Some good reliever league action right there.
0: <laughs> Plus Kashner and Tyson Ross and Kennedy. Yeah. There's some pitching there. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, we'll just we'll just do the top five for each. So the next next decline is pirates twenty four point one to twelve point eight.
1: boy, the top five for each. <laughs>
0: That's for,
1: much deeper than I was expecting you to go in retrospect. Mm,
0: mm, yes, maybe too deep.
1: Uh, was thinking top three of each would would work.
0: Probably yeah. Well, we can <laughs> do this quickly. Pirates. All right, so the,
1: so boy the pirates. That's been disappointing.
0: Who's Nine next? and 14, <laughs> seven and uh, a half out.
1: Yeah, what is, we didn't have the pirates. Uh, this is... doing very well, right? They were, they were. I think they were projected to win eighty or something at yeah, the start of the season.
0: Yeah, it was like seventy-nine, eighty, yeah.
1: Yeah, so didn't consider them to have great chances. Uh, do you have the by the chan- Do you have the breakdown of what their division and wild card chances were at the beginning?
0: Uh... Or do you, do you just have? I can get it. I think in a second. Um, I mean, to
1: some degree, they're not underperforming particularly. I mean, they're, they're like a game or two worse than Pacota would have expected them to be at this point. But you really feel like what's doomed them is that the playoff odds have other teams' playoff odds have to come from somewhere, and the Brewers are going to be your highest riser, and mm-hmm. and all the all those Brewers playoff odds have to come from somewhere, and the Cardinals have been playing pretty well, and so they haven't lost a lot. Mm -hmm. So I would imagine that the Reds are going to be, you know, one of the the trailers in your list. And then the Pirates, right?
0: Pirates had a 13.0 division percentage and 11.1 wildcard percentage at the beginning of the season.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, So their division chances have dropped by, like, almost two-thirds, and their wildcard chances by, like, one-third.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, and then rounding out the bottom five is the Diamondbacks, who, as you said, didn't start out very high. They were at twelve point nine. Proportionally, they have lost a lot. They are now at two point nine. Uh, yeah. So. How? talking yeah. you, you think? Uh, uh,
1: you think? You think there's some wobbly chairs, or do you think the fact that those guys both signed extensions makes yeah. them safe? I have, as we've talked about, I in in this particular case, I have a personal interest in kirk gibson being fired and i'm not like rooting for him to be for any any you know i i it's it's always sad when a person loses his job Mm -hmm. however if if he's going to it would be nice if he does it before any other manager does
0: (laughs) just because you picked him in your pool yeah um yeah i i'm ever since i wrote that article about how no gms have been fired i've just been rooting for no gm ever to be fired (laughs) so that that article looks better in retrospect um but yeah it seems like there are some wobbly chairs there I, I if anything i mean they were it's not like they were coming from a spotless reputation and then just having a really bad month there were many many questions and complaints about them before that and and how they handled things over the past couple of winters and at, at the same time apparently ownership didn't share those concerns um, to the same degree at least, and that they they did give them those extensions, which, which were kind of curious that they gave them those extensions. as we talked about with Nick Picoro in the preview episode, they they seem to not be willing to give them extensions. They didn't give them to them last year and then surprisingly did it all of a sudden. So they've 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 pitched themselves as a contending team and they haven't, really made the moves that a rebuilding team would make. They've made the moves that a a competitive team would make. So they have put themselves in the position of being on wobbly chairs if, if they finish very far out of contention. And right now they are seven and 18 and seven and a half back. So
1: remember yesterday when we talked about the diamondbacks and the Cubs and how much better the diamondbacks look, if you just go person by person, Mm -hmm. uh, the playoff odds have the Diamondbacks uh, projected to win one tenth of a game more than the Cubs this year, seventy-two point <laughs> eight
0: to seventy-two point seven. Uh huh. All right, and now the biggest biggest gainers, as you said, top of the list is the Brewers, who have gone from twenty-nine point two to sixty-one point five.
1: Yeah, I think they are currently the I think the fourth most likely team to make the playoffs in yeah. all of baseball
0: wow which is crazy 16 and 6 four and a half yeah. game lead
1: it's not a total shock that they're good i mean they're they uh, um you know the Thag record last year suggested that they were like you know roughly a 500 team and then you add ryan braun and and as we noted simply adding even a player who's not good like mark reynolds to first base is like a four win upgrade over what they had and so it's not it's not a shock that they're pretty good. Pakota uh, sees them winning 86, mm-hmm. at the, for you know going e- even even banking their 16 and 6 record. Uh, it still sees them as an 86 win team at the end, um, and a, basically a 500 team going forward. So that seems to be both uh, great news for the Brewers, and yet not like a cataclysmic shift in how we would look
0: at the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not particularly. I mean. When we had Jack Moore on for the Brewers previous show, we were kind of pushing him on whether the Brewers should should rebuild, right? And whether whether they actually had talented young players who could be more than role players. Uh-huh. And so far they have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And next is the Braves who have gone from 30.7 to 60.5, have almost doubled their playoff odds.
1: And it's conceivable, I don't know this, but it's conceivable that they've done that even with their depth charts incorporating more pitcher injuries.
0: Possibly. So March 31st, yeah, I don't, that that was, I forget exactly when, when Medlin and, and Beachy were officially ruled out. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, well, they've had uh, they've gone through five, four or five turns of their rotation uh, being completely gutted, and yet they have like the second best pitching in baseball. So uh, <laughs> that's a good way to play. <laughs> yes, it's. Great. I mean, I mean, it's not so much. I mean, it 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 makes you think. Oh, this is a pretty good team. They're capable of winning a lot of games. But you know, more than that, it's just that this is this was their this was supposed to be their one bad month. They mm-hmm. were. They were kind of desperately clawing to get out of April and start getting some healthy arms back and um, some of the you know, like Gavin Floyd back and and um, and so just to survive this month was a, a pretty like uh, lofty goal and so to come out of it in first place is is massive and yeah they get they get to take all those wins going forward
0: yes every crazy fluky Aaron Herring start counts
1: yeah exactly as long as they. I I can't help but think of your Travis Hafner comment in the BP annual Uh uh, when I think about Aaron um, Uh Harang. Because, yeah, it's it's really super awesome to get Aaron Harang's starts right now. And you just have to make sure that you (laughs) get rid of him before it goes really bad. Because, uh, yeah, as you noted, Hafner hit... 167, 249, 286 from May through late July before succumbing to a rotator cuff strain. If the Yankees had cut bait at the first hint, hint of trouble, he would have been well worth what they paid him, which should serve as a lesson to his future employers, give up on the hurt Hafner before he undoes any good that the healthy Hafner did. And, uh, yeah, harangue, sort of the same kind of a thing right now. Although, maybe not. Maybe he'll be good. You, you think he's kind of good?
0: Eh, <laughs> <laughs> a little uh, bit. Yeah. I mean, at
1: least the peripherals are good.
0: Yeah, they are um and it's not like i mean they have minor about to be back and at that point i i guess Harang and David Hale will be competing for that last rotation spot and i don't know it's not like Hale is a lockdown fifth i mean he's probably a fine fifth starter um but it's it's tough cuz when you're in a baseball when you're running a baseball team and you're accountable to the players to some extent it, you, you can't really get rid of Aaron Harang when he has a you know a 1 ERA or something so you almost have to wait for him to blow up a little bit but but then you're then you're getting those blow up starts so you're kind of in a tough spot there
1: well yeah what you hope is that you he has the one blow up and then you uh you have the trainer check him out and the trainer <laughs> finds a little bump or something right and then you you put him in on the DL for 15 days and then in his rehab starts, he can blow up as much as he wants, or you can say, oh, well, geez, you got, you got pipped by J.R. Graham or whoever's pitching at the moment, mm-hmm. and then uh, put him in long relief. That's what you hope.
0: Yeah, they should just put him on the DL for, for being out of shape. That would solve all of their problems. The the next team on this list is actually, coming from coming from
1: elite athlete Ben Lindbergh. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: this next uh this next one it, yes Ben Lindbergh who sounds like he's fat according to <laughs> people on Twitter. Uh the next the next one is actually a team that's in a similar spot as the Braves the Rangers who have gone from 28.1 on opening day to forty seven point three. And this was another team that had a bunch of injuries and their goal was kind of just to get through those injuries and wait until guys like Profar and Holland came back and instead of just treading water, they have uh, their record is now fourteen and eight and they are tied with the A's for the division lead. So that I mean that has to make you really optimistic if of about these two teams. If you thought going into the year that, that they were contenders for the division, but that they would struggle early and just have to get through it until they got all their guys back. And then even without all their guys, they played really well. And you expect them to be even better when the guys come back. And they already have those wins. That's that's a very positive sign.
1: That is, except the problem is that um, you could very easily draw the lesson that because baseball never follows the script, that they're actually doomed. <laughs>
0: you could you could and, i mean and, at,
1: at 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 a certain point if you fancy yourself a team good enough to make the playoffs at a certain point you'd like to see baseball make a little bit of sense because uh-huh. then you know you'd think oh well the, it yes. will reward me for being good it will reward me for practicing more than other teams <laughs> and being better than them but no this is the lesson of april is generally that it it doesn't and you
0: are doomed <laughs> regardless yes the lesson of april is that Prince Fielder has a 671 OPS, and Kevin Kuzminov has an OPS over 1,000.
1: Yes, Kevin Kuzminov, <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. So um, so is this why... Oh, okay, I, I, let's talk about this next team next. So the Athletics have gone from 43.9 to 61.3. So Pocota still, I suppose, wasn't giving them a ton of credit. It had them as... Uh, less than even odds to make the playoffs to start the season, and now they are well above that. As I mentioned, they are tied with the Rangers for the division lead at 14 and eight. Um, although is that, now, yeah,
1: is that uh, that must be coming out of Seattle share? Because I was gonna say, well, it makes perfect sense. The Angels were the division uh, favorite by Picota's. Uh, uh, Figuring going into the season, and the Angels have been disappointing, and they, you know, the A's have, you know, the A's and the Rangers have like four or five games on the Angels now. So sure, but then I look, and the Angels have a 56% chance, which, as I recall, is just basically unchanged. I think they were at 60. Yes, they were at
0: 60. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So, um, so it's kind of interesting that the Angels are still up so high. Yes. And I guess it's partly because the Angels have a. uh, If I'm if I'm not misremembering, they have a Killer run differential at this point.
0: Uh-huh. And so is this why you are so into the AL West right now? Because they've got three three teams on one end of this list?
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. And the last team is the Yankees, who started out at 32.5 and have climbed to
1: 49.5. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I I didn't think the Yankees were gonna be very good this year, and maybe they will be.
0: Uh huh. I thought they would be roughly where they were last year, pending injuries and various fluctuations. They are now 12 and nine, although they're uh, or no, they're not 12 and nine. They are uh, what are they? 13 and nine with a one and a half game lead. And Pythag is a little worse, I think, but obviously they've gotten great great Tanaka and. Uh, The injuries have not been crippling, although losing Nova hurts. Quick question, yeah, quick
1: quick question for you. Uh, CC Sabathia Mm -hmm. has thirty five strikeouts to eight walks, which is an an an, an excellent ratio, an exceptional ratio Uh in like thirty three innings or something like that. Um, His ex-fip, I imagine, is 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 just tremendous. Mm -hmm. Uh, He also is throwing eighty six and looks. Horrible looks like he's gonna just get completely torn apart at any at any turn. So given those two facts about him, the velocity and the X-FIP, mm-hmm. uh, where are you going on him? Buy or sell? <sighs> he's got he currently has a uh, 4.78 ERA.
0: Hmm. So it's like he's it's like he's turning into Tim Winsicum.
1: Yeah, it is. It is like that. That's a Pretty good comp.
0: Yeah.
1: Although, although we don't even baseball being what it is, we don't even really know what Linscumb is yet. We have strong suspicions that he's not very good. Mm-hmm. That he's an ex-fip outlier, but we don't really know. So, um, it's hard to draw conclusions about a person that you haven't even drawn conclusions about his comp. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sabathia going into today, two point five fit four uh, five point two ERA.
0: Uh huh. Eh. Uh-huh. I excellent
1: would... ground ball excellent ground ball a, a career best ground ball rate hmm. which makes you think that the uh,
0: he added that career cutter. worst
1: home run uh, the, that the career worst home run rate might not hold up mm-hmm. so yeah so buy or sell
0: hold <laughs> um, uh, i guess buy um, relative to what his era is right now but right. not strong buy all right. all right so that is the week Please send us emails for next week's listener email show at podcast at baseballperspectus.com. Please join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Effectively Wild, where we now have well over 1,200 of you in there talking about baseball. And please rate and review us on iTunes and subscribe to the show on iTunes. Have a wonderful weekend, and we will be back on Monday.